Welcome back to the Chasing Tone Podcast with my co-host today, Blake Wyland. Hi, I'm back. I'm back again. We've been doing this for a while, like a, yeah, I a know. hot minute. I know. You ever, I, I, you ever just get tired of like introducing yourself? I, I kind of get tired of, you know. I've been wondering about redoing my intro on Tone Mob because it's it's been the same thing for a long time, but like the show's changed a little bit in format. Not not the main meat of it, but like the intros and outros have changed a little bit. Now I wonder like how necessary it is to introduce myself. I don't know. I guess I guess there's first time listeners all the time, so maybe just keep introducing ourselves. Welcome first time listeners. Hello. If this is your first welcome, time, welcome to the- I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what you're about to experience. <laughs> On this podcast, we sometimes talk about gear. Most of the time we don't, but sometimes we do. That's right. But today, I want—I did want to bring up something that I, I didn't know until recently. And I just seen a video with Sweetwater with some guy like Brad, like Brad Prin- Parsley. Princely or yeah, Presley. Paisley, something like that. Some guy, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but yeah, very famous guitar player, Brad Paisley, who I knew that you had the Paisley Drive and you guys knew each other a little bit and worked together in, in various capacities. What I didn't know is how you guys met. And I think we may have talked about it before, but it just completely slipped my mind. So according to Brad's yeah. account, some random creepy guy just walked up to him when he was playing on stage and set a guitar pedal at his feet. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that there were some people that said, is that story true? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It was about 2002 or so, somewhere in that area, maybe 2003. Uh, But it was in Nashville, Indiana, at a place called uh, Little Nashville Opry. Nashville, Indiana is a place? There's a... Yes, it's actually a really cool place. Very, it's a very, um, uh, I don't know. It, it's a combination between hipstery and, um, uh, you know, vintage. I don't know how you'd explain it. It's like an old town. So there's like log cabins and stuff, and his, like it's historical, but it's also hipstery. That kind. sounds so like my kind of place. It, it's, it's kind of like, uh, I've never been, I, I would say, I would say it seems like, what I think a small version of Portland would be like. Well, we don't that? have a lot of log cabins around here, but oh, well, see, I've never been to Portland, so I don't know. You have to fix and that. You're supposed to come here. I know. I, I know. I, I've got to. I, um, I, there's a bunch of things I have to do. So apparently now I have to be in Pennsylvania. I think it's Pennsylvania in the middle of March. I'll be at in stuff music uh, for their, they have like a little get up around March 23rd or 4th or Somewhere near there, I'll be uh, hanging out at In Stuff Music, doing some videos, shaking some babies and kissing hands. All right. You know? Sounds like fun. I don't know anything about, you know, I've never been to that neck of the woods ever. ever. I've never been to Pennsylvania. Uh-uh. I don't even know what's in uh-huh. Pennsylvania other than people who live in Pennsylvania. So I know the Appalachian Trail goes through there. It goes through like the whole East Coast, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it pretty much goes from Georgia all the way to Maine, I believe, which uh, is the northern north part of America, on on the east side. 
Anyway, so Brad Paisley. What is this, a geography um, podcast? Oh, wait. <laughs> That's a different show. <laughs> 10 cents if you can tell me the capital of Maine. Uh, no, anyways. So Brad Paisley was at a show in Nashville, Indiana, not Tennessee. And it was this was when he was a little bit smaller. So this is – I. Maybe, I don't know, maybe if this was a 3,000, 2,000, 3,000 seat venue. So it's a little smaller than what he's doing nowadays. But um, I was married to a different person at that time. <laughs> and I I was still doing pedals, but it, that, that part becomes relevant in just a minute. Um, so I had modified a Boss. I think it was an OD3 or an SD1. Might have been an OD3. But I had modified one of those. And I thought... You know, I'm uh, I'm going to actually get this on stage to Brad because I knew at this particular venue, I knew how it worked that in the middle of the show, they allowed people to come up to the stage and take a picture. Like, so they made a big line between the seats or I'm um, sorry, they allowed for a big line between the seats mm-hmm. and, you know, there's security there where basically you go up there, take a picture, go back to your seat. And I thought, instead of taking a picture, I'm going to throw a pedal on stage. And um, my wife at the time, actually, this became a gigantic argument. Uh, I almost didn't go because of the argument. Oh wow! As a matter of fact, yeah, it was. She was like, "You're we're gonna you're gonna get us kicked out." <clears throat> you know, I mean, this is crazy. People don't do like you know, like it was all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know if you uh, recall who I am, but I ain't quite normal. <laughs> There's a lot of <laughs> like I'm willing to get kicked out to uh, to try something. You know. Um, as long as it's not illegal, unless, you know, as long as it's not breaking the law, I'm okay with someone saying you can't give a free product to that superstar. That, 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 I'm, I'm okay with, with chancing that. Um, so anyways, I did, I, I got it up to stage. Um, he said, he put it that I placed it on stage. I actually, I kind of had to toss it a little bit, you know, maybe a couple <laughs> feet away. So, but I mean, I didn't like, and I, I've, I've joked around the past that I threw it at him. I didn't actually throw it at him. I mean, that'd, that'd been bad if like, you know, gave him a concussion. You don't, you don't want to, you don't want Brad Paisley to remember you for giving him a concussion on stage. That's bad. Yeah. It's not, not great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not a great plan. Right. So, so, you know, tossed it on stage. It had, um, you know, I, I do think about business. So it had like my business card and, you know, contact info on the bottom side of it, thinking, you never know, you know, you never know. If you don't try, it'll never happen. So the worst thing that happened is he makes fun of me in front of everybody and they kick, kick me out. That's the absolute worst thing that can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, I uh, threw it up there. He looked down at it, kind of looked at me like, why is this, why, why did someone set a pedal in front of me? <laughs> Like I've never, I've never, this is odd. I don't know what to do here. Um, so he kind of looked over at his tech and kind of motioned his head to come out and get this pedal that was in front of him out of his way. And, uh, you know, which I, I mean, obviously you're going to, you don't want to trip over a pedal for the rest of the show. Right. Uh, you know, lone pedals sitting stranded in the middle of the stage anyways. So, uh, the tech came out and got it. Actually the tech works for true tone now. Um, oh, interesting. So if you watch True, True Tone TV, Zach uh, Childs was, was Brad Stack at one time. Um, and I didn't know that. I don't, I mean, that, I know that now, obviously, but I found that out because I was looking on the Telecaster discussion page trying to figure out who in the world was Brad Stack. How was I going to get a hold of someone to see if Brad was uh, 
able to check it out. So through my vicious Googling tendencies, I found out it was Zach Childs. And I also found out that he was on the Telecaster discussion page. Ah, so I messaged okay. him and I said, hello, Zach. I am the weird, crazy guy in uh, Indiana at, when, who threw the pedal at Brad in Nashville. And he just wanted to see if uh, he had a chance to check it out, what his thoughts were, or if I can help in any way. And uh, he got back and he said, yeah, checked it out. You should come out to a show next time we're out, you know, maybe hang out for a bit. And so the, that started uh, that started an, a relationship. That's, that is crazy. No, now that doesn't mean the next time I came. So just to be clear, the next time I came out, I actually didn't hang out with Brad at all. I got to meet Zach and hang out with Zach for a bit. So that's with big artists. That's kind of how that, that works. Like generally for the most part, uh, if you're a smaller unknown guy and you're throwing a pedal at, you know, slash or, <laughs> you know, Eddie Van Halen or whatever, whoever, whoever your guitar hero is probably don't expect a call back from the artist. Maybe the tech, if you're lucky. Uh, and keep in mind those techs, they get they get hounded by tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of people. So, uh, you know, don't have any hard feelings or bad feelings if, if the tech doesn't get back with you. Just keep trying. But anyways, yes, that did that did start the beginning of a relationship that uh, now today still going. Cool, cool dude, great guy. That is uh, that is very interesting. You know, and, and he absolutely is as witty in person, if not more witty, as he is, uh, you know, in front of a camera. That sounds uh, that sounds like a kind of a one of those experiences where you're just like, is this really happening right now? Like this is working. It was out pretty, yeah. Because, yep. because I threw a pedal on stage. Like this is kind of nuts, but you do, yep. you do, you know, you do have to take chances sometimes and, and just see what happened. Like you don't want to be a, a complete psycho. Like I've, I've, I've definitely seen people take it too far. Like you know, I emailed them 37 <laughs> times and they never got back to me. And it's like, okay, well, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. over, over like the last month. No, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it's like you do kind of have to know your know your limits, but you also, you know, taking, you know, like you said, what's the worst thing that could happen is he says, get this guy out of here. That's the worst thing that could have happened. And that's not right. It's embarrassing, but it's not that bad in the grand scheme of things. So, you know, and I've always kind of taken the approach with like with the podcast and, and everything where I, I was like, how am I going to get guests on the show? And it was like, well, you're you're a nobody, and so now you have to try to get people on the show. And so to like, I you know, I send email. If there was if there was a publicly listed phone number on a company's website, I was calling it. You know, if there you know if there was a, a contact email, I was sending that email. You know, it was a and and you know people. Some people responded, some people didn't. But that's the only way only way to make thing anything happen. Sometimes, if you really need to talk to somebody you kind of have to take that first step and risk rejection a little bit <laughs> you know right and and this and this goes even outside of gear i mean there's there's good friends of mine and um you know people i know in, in other areas that you know uh, they're trying to achieve something for for their life it's you know it not not gear related at all and i'm like you've got to at least try because if you don't try I guarantee you're not going to do that. 
you know, <laughs> if you gotta, you gotta try what you're, what you want to achieve. You gotta take a step. Um, and that's scary for a lot of people in the same way. Yeah. I was, I was a little nervous, but I figured, you know, you know, they're, they're not, they're not going to arrest me for, for trying to give a free product to a guy. No. So no, it, most anyways. Likely. Yeah. That's that, uh, that was true. <laughs> And that's it. If anyone's curious about what video uh, Brad Paisley just did, he did a couple of videos. He did an a interview with Sweetwater on Sweetwater's YouTube channel. And then he did a Paisley Deluxe um, kind of, I hate to say, it's not really a review. It's just he plays through it and talks about it and, um, you know, kind of like a product video. And uh, that's on Sweetwater's YouTube channel. And I'm sure you can find it on our Facebook and our Instagram and all that crap. So yeah, I thought that was interesting. And like I said, we may have talked about that before, but I super don't remember. So that's why I brought it I, up again. I don't recall. This, so I think we've been doing this podcast. This podcast, well, this podcast has been going since 2014, I think. I th- right? We talked about this. We did a whole episode on it uh, a while back, and yet I can't yeah. remember any of the facts that we had to dig up and look up. But yeah, yeah, I forget. Something it's, like it's that. It's been going for a while though. Yeah, so frankly, I'm getting pretty tired of doing it. You know, well, if you had a better co-host, <laughs> that would that would help uh, that out. I know. Maybe I you keep, can get I keep, maybe you can get Brad on. I keep well, I keep putting out ads on Craigslist looking for a co-host. You know, and I'm I'm looking for someone who has all the good qualities of you, uh, but also some different ones. So I'm looking for someone that brings nothing to the table. I'm just teasing. Okay. You. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want somebody who doesn't know anything about anything. <laughs> I got that. No, you I'm should just, just keep. Me. I'm just teasing. Um, no, I'm just teasing you. But yeah, no, it's been it's been it's been quite a while. How many times can I say it's been in a row without annoying people? It's been, um, it's been, it's been, it's been. It's been quite a while, and it's it was like it's it's weird to think that you know we were like, well, well, I don't know. I I want to keep the podcast going, but I don't know who to have for a co-host. And it was like, okay, well, I'll try it for a little bit, and and if it works out, that's great. And then, yeah, it's funny that this was a temporary situation three years ago. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I don't know. Crazy. I like to keep it fluid, though. You know, I mean, I, I'm, we've I've talked about um, having. Well, I've had a few guests on here before. I had Samurai guitarist. I think I had Brent. Did I have Brent Mason on here. I think I had Brent on. You here. You did have have something with him. You know, those are my favorite episodes because I don't want to listen to myself. Uh, it's hard to listen to yourself on a podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, let's be honest. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, there are times where I have listened to my own podcast, but it's because I'm wondering what I said in a certain situation. Sure, you're like, <laughs> you know? oh, oh no, what did I say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyways, all right. So let's, uh, let's change gears a little bit. I'm actually really excited to talk about this. This is uh, a question that was on a different gear group on Facebook. 60 Cycle, I think, is what I got this off of. and But it's from a, a good buddy of mine named Nick Scott. N-I-Q, by the way, not N-I-C-K. Uh, if you see, he's done some really cool graphics for us here recently on our Instagram page. So you might recognize the name. Cool. Anyways, if you, uh, if you look at our Instagram. He asks... Uh, that's a hard word to say. Asks... He asks what, anyways, he's asking, why don't people, no, no, I'm sorry. Why don't pedal manufacturers build a simple noise gate into gain pedals? You know, like overdrive, distortion, buzz, 
Gotcha. So, gotcha. Okay. Um, and there are, and I think to, to really clarify, I know Nick well enough to know that he knows there are some. So he's really asking, why is that just not standard on every pedal? Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Because there, yeah, there definitely are some. The one that comes to mind most prevalently would probably be that uh, Horizon Devices uh, yep. unit. Like, Horizon. Yep. I can't remember what they mm-hmm. call that thing. Is it just their drive? That's all they call it? I can't remember. Uh, it's the Misha. The Misha Periphery pedal. Yes. Right? Yes, exactly. I think they've got two now, but it was the first one. And that very, oh, yeah, they do very have pro- uh, like was that was a big part of the marketing and part of the design was yeah. it has a gate in it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's I mean, uh, let me think. I'm looking at a amp tweaker Big Rock right now, Big Rock Pro actually. It's got a gate in it. Uh, I think a lot of the amp tweaker stuff does actually. I know my EVH. I forget the 5150 maybe uh-huh. from yeah. Uh, that that distortion that has a gate in it. Uh, I know there's more. That's the first things that come to my mind. And there's lots of gated and, fuzzes, but that's a kind of yeah. a different. That's kind of a different thing than what he's talking about. I yeah, think. I mean, a gated fuzz. Like if you miss, I'm not going to go too deep into nerd land here, but I'll go a little bit. If you if you uh, make the bias not be quote unquote correct, then it, it'll gate the sound. Uh, which is differently than like what these distortion pedals are doing. They're actually putting a very um, a very simple gate type circuit in it. And to be to be really honest, like I'm I'm not a fan of gates on pedals because unless unless you use a, a parallel gate, in other words, you run the guitar signal into a uh, like a decimator. I think does this, and I know I think the Fortin does this. The TC Century does this. You run your guitar pedal into it, and then like it has a send and return. You run your distortion pedals in that send and return, like a, like like an effects loop, and then you exit into like your delay and reverb or wherever you know. Basically, all the noise making pedals go in that effects loop. Right. Okay. Okay. And so 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 basically, what that type of gate is doing is it's it's saying, ah, here's the core guitar signal. So any no any like um, outside noise like it, let, me, let me think of a good way to put this. If I, I will take this guitar signal and if I hear signal, I'm going to measure it against the noise and I'm going to remove the noise compared to that signal. Okay, gotcha. That's the best way to gate because it's it's comparing what should be there with what should not be there. When you put a simple gate on a distortion pedal, what you're basically doing is saying, it's, it's kind of like a reverse compressor, which is, all right, so I'm going to guess that this person wants me to turn all the volume down at a certain time. So let's, we're, let's, let's either internally set when we think that is, or we'll have like a threshold or something like that, that will basically tell us, all right, at this time, turn all the volume down or turn it down real slow. Which is why on that type of gate or on a gate that doesn't have that parallel side chaining, um, if you hold a note and you just w- like let it sustain, at some point that note will either just like abruptly cut off, kind of sputter and cut off, or it'll literally be like someone's turning the volume down. Mm-hmm. Yes. Versus a side chaining noise gate, it's going to literally kind of filter out that noise while allowing most of that sustain through. Just works a lot better. 
That's interesting. I've never used a gate that that was a side chain like you talk about. I have only used just the standard, like the the regular ISP decimator and the MXR smart gate. That's all I've used. I've never never used it in the way that you're explaining, and that might like I might actually not hate gates as much as I think I do because it's right. that's been my experience with them as well. Is they just all like it just collapses all of a sudden. It's like, yeah, I don't right. have as much noise, but also I have no sustain or, right. you know, or I turn down the threshold and I get my sustain back, but the noise is still there. So what's the point, you know? Right. Right. So that's, and that's, so that's, that's the answer to why I've, I don't usually put gates and stuff because it, it feels, it feels too fake. Um, it's good if you're just doing like a lot of chug, chug type rhythm stuff, Mm -hmm. but if you're doing any sort of, if you're doing anything where there's sustained notes, it's going to, it's going to screw things up at some point. Um, you know, so if I'm using a gate, I'm, I'm a much bigger fan of of side chaining and keep in mind, you can do that on a pedal. Like you you can make a distortion pedal and make it side chain, like make, make how everything works internally. It basically would be side-chained um the problem is when you add another distortion pedal to that then it's not quite as useful you know like i think i think it's a much better use of because let's be honest with no how many people have one distortion pedal on their pedal board you know Mm -hmm. I, i think i think it's a much better use uh for someone to have a really good quality gate that is side chaining all those distortions fuzzes what whatever uh that way you can you can control noise over everything and not just one pedal. That is very interesting. Um, I didn't. Uh, I yeah. Just I don't. I don't ever think about gates that much. Like I said, I have this MXR Smart Gate, and it works. It's my favorite gate that I've used that does look well, is not side chained. Um, I really haven't messed with it that much. I didn't even read the the literature on it. I just know that it worked for a lot better than my old decimator did. At least in in my experience, but that said, right, I like right. I'm I am the worst person uh, ever to be like like is that pedal noisy? I'll be like, nah, it's totally silent. But I, like I've realized that I'm very noise tolerant <laughs> of of certain things. Like if it's if it's right. like crazy, then yeah, it's gonna bother me. But like I I usually have some sort of fuzz on, and I just accept the fact that fuzz is noisy, and that's just is kind of what it is for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I know um, there's been times throughout the years, actually, one time I'm thinking in particular, where I, I was trying to make a custom Big Muff for a customer. And they were complaining, not complaining, but they were saying like, "How? Like, can, is there anything we can do to get rid of this noise? When you know, Whenever I'm not playing, like I'm hearing a shh. And I said, yes, you can turn the gain down or I can kill the gain internally. Like literally, that's that's what we're doing here. We're either we're either going to kill some gain, or you're going to just turn reach down and turn the sustain pot down. It's whenever you're adding gain, your whatever noise is there at all, whatever is there, it's going to add up. Yeah, and it doesn't so, necessarily mean that like the pedal. Some I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes the pedals do introduce noise, but it doesn't necessarily yeah, mean that the pedal itself is noisy. Like it could be, you know, maybe you're playing some with P90s. And it's just amplifying the signal from that because that's what it does. It makes it louder. Like, right. That's what it's supposed yeah, to gain, do. Gain basically takes whatever whatever signal is there and increases it up to a point where it starts distorting. 
but it's still increasing. It's still trying to increase that volume. It's just hitting this brick wall where it's like, all right, we can't go louder. So we're just going to distort now. So, you know, single coils, you're going to have more noise. Any sort of gain, you're going to have noise. No matter how good you lay out the circuit, no matter what quality of parts you have, it's just because it's gain and that's how it works. There you go. Gain 101. It's not exactly what yeah, you I think mean, it is. It's not just distortion. Yeah, I mean, that's not yeah. what that means. Like take take the your take the best not I don't want to say the best best amp of all time, but one of my most favorite amps of all time, which is the uh, SLO 100 made by Sodano. Mm-hmm. I love that amp. I love that tone. But anyways, turn the gain all the way up on that. And uh, even though Mike is completely meticulous about his builds and is uh, just a super great engineer, and yes, I could be kissing his butt a little bit right now, but I'm enamored by him. Anyways, um, take that gain channel and turn it all the way up. Don't play. You're going to hear some noise. It's just, it is the nature of the beast. That is just what it is. Yep. Sorry. That's just the way it works. So to get rid of that, use a good noise gate that uh, will allow you to side chain. And keep in mind, it's it's still going to alter the tone a little bit. Not nearly as much as, as one that does not side chain like that. But it's still, it's still going to. A tiny bit. And now we know. Thanks for the crash course, <laughs> Mr. Wampler. I like it when that happens. So- I hope that helps some people out there. I know I know, uh, gates confuse people quite a bit. So I'm working on a video actually around all this. That's So that's coming soon. Cool. Very cool. Whew. There you go, Nick. All right. Um, I got, I got one for you. I'm a, I've, I've been talking. Seems like, seems like I've been talking mostly this time. That's fine. Cause I'm sitting here absorbing like a sponge, just absorbing it in. Cause I didn't, I didn't know really honestly, for all of my pedal and effect, like useless knowledge that I have, I know I knew next to nothing about gates because I tried a couple, you know, I was that classic customer. I tried a couple a few times a long time ago and was like, guess these aren't for me. And I threw them in the trash. Not not really, but mentally <laughs> threw them in the trash and, <laughs> and said, I guess I don't like gates and moved on with my life. <laughs> so it was a that was informative for me, too. I didn't realize Mo- there were different. You know styles. what? Most most people do that. Most people, most, when they think of gates, they think of basically the problems that you're talking about, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, what, see, this is me getting on my, my digital soapbox. Once you start thinking in terms of digital, you can do a lot more than you can with analog. Yep. One of those being that you can analyze signals and compare them to distorted signals. Funny how that works, huh? Look at that. It's a lot harder to do. A lot harder to do that accurately in analog than it is digital. Makes sense. See, so digital is not the devil. It is not. I I feel like we've I feel like we've established that. Well, maybe I'm maybe just, not. There's, I'm re- there's still some I'm reiterating that that think it is. I've I've gotten a few I've gotten a few messages and emails about how I'm completely wrong on this, but I disagree. I think um, I'm not going to go down this road too much, but I think if you if a person spends a little bit of time messing around with some of the new stuff that's out and tweaking it, I think I think you'll love it. Not that it replaces a good tube amp; nothing's ever going to do that, but it sure uh, sure is fun to play through. So I guess you know, kind of on the same subject, I I had an interview that it will be coming out actually 
I think it's the next one. I can't remember. It'll be coming out on Tone Mob pretty soon, where I interviewed uh, Mikey Demas from the band Skindred. And, you know, they've been playing a long time. I remember they were they were on American radio here for a few years ago. And anyway, but the point is, is we were talking about this in depth. And he's like, nothing will ever, ever replicate the feeling that he gets standing in front of his wall of oranges, you know, and just hitting a big chord and, you know, feeling it flap your pants, you know, like, yeah, no, exactly. Nothing will ever replicate that. But he, he said him, him and his tech looked at their sig- looked at the signal just in their live situations at like a typical festival. And he was like, it got converted like the amps were, you know, even though they're they're he has a wall of amps, they're still mic'd and going right. through the PA. So the people in the way back in the festival can hear it. And he he like did a little like check, like how many times his guitar signal got converted from analog to, gi- to digital to analog, you know, between the microphone <laughs> to the processor, you know, to the mixing board out to the monitor, right. you know, like how many times roughly they well, could count. And it was like six plus, times. Like, yeah. And plus he's probably using a wireless transmitter on his guitar. You know, I don't know I about that, but he, I don't know if he is or not, but it was still like, he, he said like he counted like five or six times that his signal got changed back and forth. So, you know, he's like the only one that really cares whether, you know, about the the wall of oranges is me. Right. <laughs> like, that's it. Uh, I'm, that's true. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. That's maybe not exactly how he phrased it, but it was interesting. I never really thought of it that way. It's like, oh, yeah, in a big band setting, it does. It gets converted multiple times, regardless right. of what rig you're running. It's kind of fascinating. It is. It, it's it's like. We're we're ringing us guitar players are wringing our hands trying to figure out how we can keep it analog, and then it goes to the board and gets completely converted to digital. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, you know, it is what it is. All right, so let's um, let's uh, let's close up with with this with this part, okay? Which is apparently Bonamass uh, released uh, an interview talking about how cheaper gear is more accessible. I think uh, let me or, let me find the exact article. Joe Bonamassa thinks this is this is from ultimateguitar.com. Joe Bonamassa thinks you don't need a lot of money for great sound and says Paul Reed Smith is just another corporate guy now. Now, I don't know about that last part and I know and Paul's a friend of mine so I'm not going to I'm not going to jump on that, but um, I would say uh, have you read the article? About- I did. I did actually read okay. this one. Um, and I think like I think he is 100% right. Like I've I've talked about it before. Like you can get a great like Squire and like a you know a Hot Rod Deluxe or something and a couple decent pedals and be off to the races. Like you don't have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on your gear to sound good. He's I think he's 100% right about that. But I, I will say it's a bit ironic to have him say that, being as he has one of the most epic gear collections of all time. <laughs> and I think he even I think he kind of poked fun at himself, didn't he? When he was the, he did. the guy he, with the hundred with the hundred thousand dollar dumble. Exactly. Like he, I think he recognized the irony in what he's saying, but he he he's totally right, one hundred percent right. You don't need you don't need to spend nearly as much as you used to to get really good, serviceable quality gear, and it sounds really good. Like right, a Mexican telly sounds pretty pretty awesome. Honestly, those Baja Telecasters, those things are great. They're not that much. Oh man, yeah, and there's a lot of things you can do to it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I, you know, my, my blue Telecaster is actually a Mexican Tele. Yeah. I'm to think of it. Case in point. So, I mean, yeah, he's, uh, basically the article he talks about is there's a huge culture of boutique everything and the notion that boutique being better uh, than what comes out of a big maker like Gibson or Fender. I think um, um, I think I understand what he's saying there. I think you know it's, it's also hard to read these things. Like if we were like watching him in a video, we'd probably more understand yeah, his vibe. But like reading yeah, it, it sounds it, weird. Yeah, yeah, it's easy to, to to think he's being condescending. But when you when you really watch videos of him, I I, I don't know Joe. So, uh, but when I watch videos of him, I don't I don't take what he says as being condescending at all. I mean, I know that he's he loves to collect gear, and he realizes that he's a gear collector and a guitar player. And I, I think it's kind of good to kind of separate those two. Yeah. So for so for example, I I think it would be awesome to have a Dumble if I had just an extra hundred thousand dollars laying around, you know, totally. just laying on the table. And I'm like, you know what? It'd be cool to have a Dumble in the corner, but. I'm not really worried about buying one so I can sound better. Yeah, I understand that too. Like I, I obviously am a, a gear collector and a hoarder. Uh, and you know, I, I, at this point, like everything I get isn't necessary. I don't, I'm not viewing it as like, this is going to change everything. It's more like, I, I would like to have that. Why? Because I would like to have that. Yeah, like yeah it's not gonna change how i play or or who i am fundamentally as a guitarist or anything like no no piece of gear will but it's like i i I think that would be a cool thing to have right well it's like i just got that uh i got that friedman telecaster it's got the glazer b bender and i talked about it an episode or two ago Mm -hmm. and um I, I didn't get that because I thought it was better than a Whitfield or better than a Fender or anything like that. It's just, it was its own thing. I love tellies. And when I picked it up, it, I played some B Bender licks and I thought, Oh wow, this, uh, this is fun. I like this. This feels good. Sounds good. I want to, I want to take this home. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was just, it was inspiring to me to want to pick up the guitar and play. Not, not that the others don't do that either. But this also did it, you know, like it just increased my desire to play, I guess you could say. Um, it's, a, it's a great quote that, that Joe has here at the bottom. He says, uh, 15 minutes on a bench, a new set of strings, maybe some linseed oil, wipe it down, play it a little bit. Maybe the pickups are too high, and so you adjust those a little bit. He says, "That's you can get a great guitar for under $1,000 newer used. Plug it into Hot Rod DeVille, and you could rule the world with that. I, 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 I know he, he likes, people like to hate on him for a lot of things. I can't say that I disagree with him at all, at all. I think, I think he's, I think he's 100% right about that statement. And, you know, this is coming from the guy who loves boutique builders and small gear. Like, I love all that stuff. And I think it's really important and really, really cool. But I also agree that like the bigger companies are cranking out better quality instruments and better quality gear at a lower cost, you know, you know, maybe not dollar for dollar, but like as far as like, uh, you know, adjusted for inflation and everything, I think you get more bang for your buck these days than ever before. Right. I think, I don't recall if we talked about it or not, Beth, maybe a hundred dollar guitar today is so much better than a hundred dollar guitar 20 years ago. Oh yeah. 30 years ago, whatever. Way better. Just way better. 
Yeah. My, my first $100 guitar was a piece of total crap. You couldn't keep the thing in tune no matter what you did. And, you know, there was no way to adjust the neck and the, the action was an inch and a half off the fretboard and it was just complete trash. Now you can but, pick up a used Squire off Craigslist yeah, that's and it's a, that's pr- a, probably just needs what Joe just said. Just a little adjustment yeah, and it's going to be, you know, good to go. Absolutely. I got one of my favorite, not my favorite, but one of the, my most liked strats um, between, so I have several strats. My, my first favorite is probably my Whitfield. And this is a, this is the second one and it's a $75 Squire that it just, for whatever reason, the wood on it and the pickups, even though they're the cheap pickups, they just sound like it just has a good sound, you know, mm-hmm. um, at least it's something I like and it, you know, it's, it, it's been set up good by, by Bill Stoltz here in Martinsville and it just, I don't know, plays good. Sounds good. And it's 75 bucks. Yeah. How you can know? you argue with that? And, you can't argue with actually, that. And actually, I think I, I, I do recall talking about this actually, cause I didn't even pay 75 bucks for it. That's how much they cost. Or at the, you know on the used market, I think my neighbor gave my neighbor at the time gave it to me. He was cleaning out a, a, an investment house, and somebody left it behind, and uh, he gave it to me. And I'm like, holy crap, this thing sounds good. <laughs> that's now free is the best kind of like that's the best tone you can get for a dollar, you know, no matter what. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, so I did I did see Joe getting an, getting a in my opinion an undue amount of hate. For that article and i'm like you guys are just trying to be mad at joe bonamassa that's all you're yeah, everybody do. loves to hate on joe but at the end of the day the guy sounds good plays his ass off um you know and he's he probably identifies more with our gear culture than most other musicians out there i yeah you know most likely yeah so we need to show joe some love not hate <clears> him <throat> dude yeah you know? come on guys he's 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 done it like He's done it. Look at look what he did. He he's he's made it, and he has the gear stash of our, all of our dreams. So right, he has made it. He's still a, a gear chaser, like anyone listening to this podcast is. Mm-hmm. Unless you're listening to this podcast by mistake. Well, that's probably not. A gear. <laughs> I thought this was going to be about getting toned abs. <laughs> they are not talking about bench pressing. I hate this. Yes. <laughs> All right, so that's all I got for today. Uh, if you have any comments or questions, you can email podcast at wamplerpedals.com, info at tonemob.com, if, and uh, if you want to email Blake directly, make sure you check out his podcast called The Tone Mob. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all that stuff, Wampler Pedals, and Tone Mob. All right. Bye. Talk to you guys later. Bye.